With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. And if you've listened to this show before, you know my purpose is to interview really cool entrepreneurs who are doing amazing things with the intent of maybe giving you a nugget, an idea, or a little hint of inspiration from something that comes up in our conversation. If this is your first time to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, I want to welcome you. I've been doing this show for three and a half years and almost 360 episodes. We're just a couple away from hitting that 360. I started this project thinking I would do it for six months, interview about 50 people just to find my own inspiration. But what happened along the way is more of you came along, people listened to the show, they liked the show. It became sort of my personal university on how to learn about different ways that you can live in this pool of entrepreneurship. So uh, if you like the show, let me know. Always reach out. You can find us on Facebook. There's a Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do page. We're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, at Cool Podcast. And you can always go over to iTunes and subscribe, which is an awesome thing to do. And you can leave a review letting us know what you like about the show in general, or maybe just one episode that you listened to where you thought, that guest, he or she, they were cool. Well, today, we are going to live up to that high bar that I set for really engaging and good conversations, because I have today with me Eva Venari, and she runs the Elevate Institute. Now, let me tell you, she's a healing rebel, because when it comes to health and wellness, she goes against the grain, she asks questions, she doesn't like the status quo. So I bet this interview is going to be fun, because she's probably going to push back on me as I push back on her to find out how she started and continues her entrepreneurial journey. Hey, Eva, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom, and I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm glad to have you. So, you know, here's the thing. I don't like to read those fancy bios that PR people send. So tell me, who is Eva and what do you do? I am the constant questioner. I want to know why. And I take the absolute guesswork out of detox because I found myself completely sick years ago had all kinds of problems. And I decided, you know what, I don't like the answers the doctors have given me. I'm going to figure this out. And took years and years of research, but I finally found what's called nutritional balancing using hair mineral analysis. And I can absolutely see what's going on inside my body and anybody else's and see what they need to heal. Wow. So, so let's go back in time to when, when you were sick and you were not doing well, what was that all? What was that all about? What was your personal journey? Personal journey, I can remember as a kid just being allergic to things like freshly cut grass. Can you imagine that? Yeah, exactly. I I would spend weekends if somebody was mowing the lawn, I I was on the couch with with a box of tissues and watching my cartoons as opposed to being outside and enjoying the sun. 
And that led into like itchy skin and then depression. And as the years rolled by, problems with reproductive systems. And it's like, what's wrong with me? What's going on? And the doctors kept saying to my mom, this is as I'm a kid. Oh, you know, she's just going through a phase. There's really nothing wrong with her. All of her blood tests come back normal. And this was something that I kept hearing over and over and over again as I got older. So... Yeah, the journey was long like that. <laughs> so so when you finally took control, started asking the questions, and, and as you say, detoxed, what, yeah. what, what was that part of the journey like? Because I imagine that wasn't easy either. No, it, and it was a hit and miss. So if, I don't know if you've ever done this on Google. You open it up and you type in alternative medicine. So back in 2000, <laughs> right? I know. Well, it's just Back in 2000, there was probably a handful of things you could read. Now you'd have 4 billion. <laughs> No, it was it was much more than that. And it was confusing back then. If you do that today, it's even worse. And it's like, where do you start? Well, that was my journey. I was like, well, where do I start? I don't know. I had gone to the doctors and I was in the middle of going to the doctors and I would ask the questions, what's going on? Why am I you know, developing fibroids? Why am I getting, uh, why am I, why am I sick? I do, who do you know that is, has scarlet fever? Okay. I had scarlet fever, right? What is, is that? that? E- is that even a thing? Thing. It was a thing for me. I was 20 years old as a medical transcriptionist living in Las Vegas. And no, I was not a stripper. Everybody <laughs> asks that. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask that. <laughs> well, I answered it. Um, yeah, I, I was a medical transcriptionist and I handled a file. Somebody who had scarlet fever in the office before I knew he had it because I listened to it after. <laughs> I listened to the, the transcription with the doctor and I'm typing it out and Oh yeah, the diagnosis, um, you know, scarlet fever. I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know what that is. Well, I found out in short order because I ended up with it. That's how depleted my body was. <laughs> and in short order, I ended up. I mean, that that it, it, if you've never had it, it's basically a strep throat that just gets all the way into your lungs, almost like pneumonia, and you feel like you're going to die. They sequestered me to my house, and I I couldn't leave there for six weeks. I was on uh, antibiotics; it was ruined ruined my body Oof. for a long time. I know it was bad. So it's it, it's this hit and miss of trying to figure things out the, the natural way. And um, years it took me another fifteen years of going to one natural path and going to a chiropractor and going to a massage therapist and then or or you know anybody who I felt could help endocrinologist and I would ask these questions: Why is this happening? And I kept getting these answers. Well, Eva, we don't know. We don't know why. So going back, prescription. so yeah. going back to that time in your life, what was your career like? You were a medical transcriptionist. What else did you do early in your career? Oh well, I wasn't. And, and let's let's add here. We know yeah. we actually know we have proof you were not a stripper. Now we know that. <laughs> we, all we know so far is for a while you were a medical transcriptionist and you were not a stripper. Well, yeah, as far as you know, I, you're taking my my word here. So <laughs> well, that's right. I guess we don't. That's right. We had, I said we had proof. That's actually not true. We have no proof. <laughs> and there I go again, questioning things. Um, no, I, I had a degree in interior design that I decided not to use because I didn't want to deal with. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with the homeowner who changed her mind all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, I was doing medical transcription and working on computers. Uh, you know, at the time we had a, a new computer in the office and something went wrong with it. And the person who came in to help with that computer getting it fixed, he uh, started asking some questions and he came to discover, and I did, I knew this, I had a natural inclination to computers. So I did that for 10 years. And what is that? I worked in help desk and designing them and building out policies and procedures and working in a second level uh, support systems and engineering and doing all kinds of different things ended up being director of an IT department. And then in 2000, 
um, working myself to the bone, you know what happened in 2000, the dot-com bubble burst, right? And I find myself out along with many other people without a job. So is, is, that, when you, is that when you decided to, to jump in as an entrepreneur? No, not, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not yet. Not there's yet more, only there's more to this story, folks. But wait, there's more. No, and, and I, was, I was married at 20, and I had my kids by the time I was 24, and I divorced by 25. And so I was raising my girls on my own. How many kids? Two. Okay. So you had your hands full then. I did. I had my hands full. I had responsibility. And I'm thinking, I need insurance and I can't do that if I'm an entrepreneur. Although I tried. So I was constantly working a job of some kind. And then on the side thinking, I would really love to work for myself. And I had, I don't know about a lot of people that there was this whole conversation in my head that was based on my parents' decision. Eva, you should need to get a job and then work yourself until you're almost 65 and or, or older and then, you know, retire with a pension. <laughs> and, that, and that might have been true a generation or two ago. Thank you. That was exactly the comment that I said at the dinner table that got me into trouble every time I said it. <laughs> every time I said it. I'm like, Dad, you know, that pension thing is not really available in today, in today's world. And he, he would get really angry and, and no, Eva, you need a stable job. And I just had that drive within me. I want to work for myself. I really want to do this. And so there was always the struggle while I was working for someone else. I don't want to work for them. I want to work for myself. <laughs> so when did you make that leap? When were you able to start working for yourself? How did you start How did you start the, uh, the Elevate Institute and doing the work that you're doing now? Well, after quitting the, uh, the IT world and going into the Stone Age, I started selling, selling natural stone for a while, um, <laughs> I burnt myself out doing that as well. And I realized there's a real need for, you know, helping people figure out how to feel better. But it really drove the point home back in 2011. I was on the phone with my now deceased ex-husband. I'll just put that out there. He's, he's gone. He passed away. So two weeks prior to that event happening, I'm on the phone with him. And I had at this time just become certified as a nutritional counselor. And he's complaining to me about all these issues he's got, you know, hepatitis C. And he was just diagnosed with diabetes. He had all these things going on. And I said to him, I said, why don't we test your hair? I'm doing this thing. And I described to him how you can tell what's going on with the body. And we can reverse the signs of aging and like reduce the inflammation, all these things going on. And he laughed at me and he goes, no, no, no. My doctors have me. I'm on medications. I'll be just fine. Yeah, because what guy's going to listen to his ex-wife anyway? <laughs> what, what ex-wife usually offers to help? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and that's just me. I, I have this. I'm like, look, we have kids together. We we want them to have you in their, in their lives. And what better way than to make sure that you're healthy and available to them? And it made sense to me, but not to him. And uh, anyways, he went into the hospital a couple weeks later, like I mentioned. He just had some kidney stones. I gave him something to calm him down, to go into an ultrasounds, whatever. And he had a massive heart attack and died, and that was it. Mm. And so after getting, receiving this news from our daughter, who was there with him at the hospital, she called me up afterwards. And, and that was a difficult conversation. Sure. But the, the, re, the result of, like, how did I get started and why did I open my doors was because of that. I thought, you know what? More people need to know how they can keep this type of thing from happening. They need to know there's an alternative. They need to know that, that you don't have to have one or the other, but you can use both Western and Eastern medicine to figure things out for yourself. But really it takes you being in charge, not letting the doctors decide for you what's right and what's wrong. So how long ago was this incident that you decided, okay, I'm in business? 
Yeah, July of 2011, and I opened my doors September 1st of 2011. Wow. So, so you've now been doing this, if I can do math, for eight years, coming up on eight, seven years, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, see, I can't do math, but coming up on seven <laughs> years, well, technically it's coming up on eight years. It just years, takes yes. another year to get there. So you've been, doing, <laughs> you've been doing this for seven years. What are some of the things you've learned along the way? Oh, to not give up. <laughs> to not give up. So I just I just did a presentation to an association about should people podcast or should people be guests on podcasts and the biggest advice I had was if you do it either being guesting or hosting you got to stick with it for a period of time pick a time whether it's 6 months or 6 years because giving up is 100% of the people who give up never have success. That's right. Yeah and and I couldn't just do this full time it's not like I I quit everything and said okay I'm 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 in both feet. I had a whole career in working with architects and designers and selling them natural stone to projects all over the world. And I was very involved in all of that. I was good at it. I enjoyed it. My car was my office. You know, you get in LA, LA traffic, and you're spending a lot of time going between these offices. Anyways, the um, I ended up working all the time because I was working that full-time job, of course, raising the girls, and then trying to get uh, the Elevate Institute off the ground. And it was, a, it was constant. It was a constant effort to just have that, that vision. I know, I don't know when, but I know at some point I'll be able to say goodbye to the stone world and pick this up and just give it all my best and first attention. And when did that happen? That was September 1st, interestingly enough, September 1st. <laughs> Of 2016. There's something about September 1st, I guess. Well, there you go. And we're coming up on two years now for that. So that's right. What do you love about the life that you've created now that you've been a full-time entrepreneur for two years? What do you love about it? Oh, I love that it's mine. I love that I get to make all the decisions. And I like to say that I'm not a control freak, but apparently that's what that means when you say, I like to make all the decisions. <laughs> <laughs> so... So is there anything you don't love about it? Are there ever days where you go, I could go back to the stone company? <laughs> you know what? I remember sitting in front of that computer and even looking at the screen as phone calls were coming and thinking there's got to be something better I can do with my life. And that is what drives me to know what I'm doing is what I love to do. No matter no matter how I'm I'm affecting the people around me and the, and the you know the the gift of of this knowledge if I can be two steps ahead, um, I do miss knowing that a paycheck is going to come in every Friday, and that's something that when you are trained to be a an employee that you get used to, and not having that is a little bit of a misstep. You sit there and you you, you know that was a retraining in the brain. I had to think about that for a minute and go. Oh yeah, I'm doing this because <laughs> I know that I'm not going to be happy if I sit there and wait for that paycheck. And I think a, I think a lot of people who listen to my show totally relate with that lessons. They they know in their soul that they're not going to be as happy. I always use the old cliche that my ladder was against the wrong wall. I was very successful in sales and marketing. Uh, I built a pretty good brand and reputation within my community, and I did all this stuff. But the last nine years that I have been working full-time as a professional speaker and master of ceremonies uh, and going into companies and doing training, I've actually been happier 
than I've been at any other time in my career. And I have the same thing that sometimes you have, you have good years and sometimes you have quarters where you're like, Oh my God, it's all over. No one's ever going to call and and book me again. And then like three (laughs) weeks later, you get like three major bookings and you're like, Oh, I am the king of the speaking world. (laughs) Isn't that fun? It's it's a roller coaster. I love roller coasters, but nowadays when I, (laughs) nowadays I talk like I'm 80 years old. Now when I, (laughs) back in my day, I know, right. Get get off my lawn, get off the lawn. (laughs) It's just a few years away, Tom, really. <laughs> Closer for me than you, I think. I don't know. It's it's all those minerals. Ah, that's, okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm 50, I'm 50. I'll be 52 in a month. So. so. Do you want me to reveal my age? I don't know. Why not? Hey, I'm all about transparency. I can see I can see you because we have video on. This is just yeah. audio recording. But go ahead. How old? 44. Oh, oh see, I would have thought you. I thought you were like 38. So. <laughs> Oh, you're so good. So, yeah. No, I thought you were like 65. No, no, no. I didn't think well, you were 44. I really am. No. Well, then there's obviously in this good, healthy living stuff you do, there's something good because you don't look 44. So, no, thank hey, you. so what advice then do you have for someone who's listening to this show and they're thinking, yep, everything she's saying totally relates. I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer to making the decision to go do it. What would you tell them to do? It's. It's almost like jumping out of the plane. I think Abraham Hicks tells this all the time. She says, if you jump out of, if I jump out of a plane without a parachute, what should I do? And she says, well, just give it a few minutes and it'll be over soon. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of the, the pain that you feel. I know when you decide I'm going to quit this very stable job that I have for my dream. And that's what it feels like until you land that first job. And you, you realize that putting all of your first energy of the day your best energy of the day towards your own, your focus of your own business. It's interesting how things turn around and how quickly they can turn around when you do that. Well, and you, you put in four or five years of actually doing it on the side. So talk to me a little bit about having a side hustle, because I think that's something a lot of people who listen want to do or already have. Yeah. And it, 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 there is definitely a need for self care because it's so easy when you are giving your first and best to the, your primary business, whatever that company, that full-time job is, your uh, ball and chain is what I used to call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then you're doing um, the things that you do need to do in order to take care of your home, your household, your family, your loved ones. Make sure that you have a, a, a life outside of working because you can feel like you're working all the time when you have a side hustle. And the side hustle had to become sometimes something I put on the back burner entirely. And... At times, it was something that I I went full throttle for, but I had to listen to my own inner voice. What kind of energy do I have? What can I afford to give uh, this this day or this weekend or whatever? Because you really have to. It's so important not to burn out. As soon as you don't have the stability of your health behind you with a, a pack of energy for the day, you're lost. Well, and that self-care is so important. A lot of people who come on the show talk about that, but that's actually what your business is is all about, is being able to have that self-care and take care of yourself and know what's going on. So yeah. let's talk a little bit more about that. So how important mm-hmm. is it for people to really get their health in order, whether they have a side hustle, a full-time job, or they're an entrepreneur? I would say it's primary more so when – you re- it's about reading the, the signs, uh, reading the writing on the wall. So if you're somebody who's getting through the day with, you know, two, three, four cups of coffee or a couple of Red Bulls, which I know there's your cup. <laughs> yeah, she can see me on video. I've got I've, I've got my cup in my brand new Yosemite mug from my trip oh, to Yosemite. It's very nice. It's lovely. Look, look at the other side. Ooh, it's got a bear. Oh, a bear. Mm-hmm. California. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and, and we do that. We push ourselves through the day. And then at nighttime, what do we do? We go to a bar, go to a friend's house, or we sit down with our glass of glass, a glass, two glasses, three glasses of wine to calm down from all that caffeine we had throughout the day. And then we wonder why we can't sleep. You know, we put our head on the pillow and we're like, oh, all that caffeine or oh, all that stuff. And our liver's having to deal with it. And then we think, well, maybe I should do a flush. Maybe I should do a cleanse. And I'm like, well, that can help short term. But if you really want to get down into the nitty gritty and really help your body with a new foundation and get get to the point where you're not just not just getting behind your car, so to speak, and pushing it, but you're taking the car when it's empty and, and going to the gas station and filling it up. That's the difference between living that life where you're just getting through with coffee and wine uh, or whatever else you choose to take uh, and actually getting nutrients in your body so that you can have the right amount of energy to get through your day and, and so, rejuvenate. So I haven't given up coffee or wine, but I have changed my dietary habits in the last few years. And it really does make a big difference in the <clears throat> energy that you have. I, I gave up most sugar and wheat, not all, but I've cut way back on just those two items. And not only am I, th- and I run, not only am I, and I never ran in my whole life till I was 49. So in the last few years, I, I cut back on sugar and wheat and I run. And those are the only changes I made. And yet the difference just from that is like night and day. So I, I totally understand what you're talking about. So a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, when they start their business, they think, oh, I have this great idea. I'm really passionate. I have so much potential. And the business never goes anywhere. So one, some of the best work I do with companies and teams is I go in and I, talk, I do a presentation called The Paradox of Potential. Because we think potential is so exciting, and yet potential doesn't equal results. So why do you think some entrepreneurs do better at getting across that natural gap between potential and results? I think it has a lot to do with believing in what you have to offer before anybody else does. And I think Calvin Coolidge, he said it the best, nothing can take the place of persistence. Mm. Yeah. For me, that was something, a driving force to press on. And every time I heard somebody say, Eva, you're crazy. That's a crazy idea. That was my confirmation. I know I'm on the right step. Yeah, and I see a lot of people who they try to formulate their business just like every other business. So I think some of it is it's persistence. It's also zigging when others zag. And you said, yes. you know, when when I met you, that that's what you do. You constantly zig when others zag. So it sounds like that's totally in alignment with you. Hey, I've got a couple more questions for you. But okay. first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headaches out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Hey, podcast Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Eva Venari. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know a lot of you out there do, my recommendation is that you jump over right now. Well, not right now. Listen to the end of this episode. Then jump over on the internet to www.podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Eva, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? Oh, the coolest thing. I am having just a lot of fun with getting in touch with that next logical step for the business. And it's, it's like bringing the, the part of me that's, that's always been in the background of my business. I made the mistake for many years of having, having a business just be the, uh, a, a facade. 
and Eva was really more of a background thing. And the cool thing that I'm doing now is bringing more of me, more of my personality, more of who I am and more of what I'm all about, my integrity to my business. I can't believe anybody ever put Eva in the background. Nobody puts Eva in the corner. I can't believe that for a minute. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so what are you doing to move yourself more to the forefront of your business brand? Mm. Well, the next step that I'm doing, I mean, I'm, I'm launching my book, Owning Your Beauty. And the accompanying podcast that I get to host is coming up called Owning Your Health. And it's that, that double conversation. You can own it by paying for it. <laughs> you can go and get plastic surgery. You can go and <laughs> right, get your pills. Or you could truly have the integrity of knowing you, know, you can do something to change your health. And what are those options? And that's what my podcast is going to be all about. So when will the book come out and when is the podcast launching? So the book's coming out um, next week. Oh, so this will this is actually going to be in the past. So the book has already come out because oh, yes. this this won't air for a few weeks. So okay. So Thank the book is, the book is called Owning Your Beauty. Owning Your Beauty, and I assume by the time this airs, they can find it in all the regular places one finds books, like the Amazons of the world. Amazon.com for certain. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And the, and the podcast will launch when? Well, that's going to be announced. I have. Um, an interview with the founder of Connected Women of Influence tomorrow. Her name is Michelle, and she hosts her own podcast, and she's going to be interviewing me about the show, and she will reveal the first date. So I do not know Ah, (laughs) my first date. All right. Well, again, we're recording this about three weeks before uh, that, so maybe it's out now. Maybe it's out soon, and they can look for that on the iTunes and other places at Owning Your Health. Yes. Perfect, 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 perfect. Hey, I love it when people come on the show. It's fun to talk about Eva and all the cool things that you do. But I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask everybody who comes on the show, who out there in the entrepreneurship world, in the pool of entrepreneurship, if you will, who do you think, you look at them and you say, he or she, yeah, they're doing cool things. Mm. I, I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Michelle, Connected Women of Influence, and she's put on this group of it's not just entrepreneur women it's business to business. And a lot of times with, with women, um, we get a little catty. You start talking about each other behind our backs. No, that doesn't, I've never heard of that before. (laughs) But I, I, wait a minute. I have a wife and two daughters. I don't, I don't think that happens. I don't, I don't believe that. (laughs) I raised two girls. I don't think it happens either. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The junior high school years. Anyways. um, Thank God I'm past that. I have a college and a high school student. I don't know how old your kids are, but mine are 16 and 21. And it's like, I like having adult children. Mine are adulting. They're now 20 and 21. And soon this summer, they'll be, you know, they're having their birthdays. They're only 54 weeks apart. So it was like having, you know, twins. <laughs> well, they, they, that if you had been two weeks earlier, they call that Irish twins, right? If you're within, right. within 52 weeks of each other, they call them Irish twins. That's right. <laughs> I still had to have double of everything. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you don't get the moniker Irish twins, but it was just like it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Connected Women of Influence, they host something called the, uh, the Sue Talks. And it's just like TED Talks, but it's for women. And what I love about this group of women is that they're all about looking for the next person to help. So when we get together, it's, what do you need? How can I help you? And that's what I love and I think is cool, that message of entrepreneur, you know, holding each other's hand and giving the hand up. 
Yeah, that, that's awesome. I got a nice compliment from someone the other day. He's in my group coaching program, the Potential Mastermind Project. And he said, when I first met you, long before you had this coaching program, the first thing you said is, what can I do to help you? And he goes, I've heard you say that to other people. And I, you know, it's not even like it's in my script that I think about, but I was kind of glad to know I said it. Yeah, I think it's something that comes along with a person who focuses on gratitude and appreciation. Yeah, well, I hope so. So, yeah. so the other question I ask everyone who comes on the show, because I think in addition to making money, I think entrepreneurs, I think we have a duty to try and leave a mark on the world. So I love to ask people, you know, in this world, in addition to your business, what do you do to give back to the greater good? I love the idea of being able to help people come to their own decision about what they want to do. And I felt very limited as a child that I was, you know, I said it earlier, uh, given the uh, support only if the direction met with my father's expectations of getting a full-time job and, you know, retiring with, with my hmm. pension. Hmm. And I said out loud not too long ago, I really wish that there had been resources for me to learn how to be an entrepreneur when I was a kid so that I could not just jump into the deep end and hope that I can, do you know, dog paddle my way out. And so just yesterday, uh, to answer my, my question of I wish there were, I can now be a part of that as a volunteer through NFTE. Um, they're the, uh, the network for teaching and entrepreneurship. And they actually have opportunities for entrepreneurs to come into schools and give workshops to kids who want to be entrepreneurs so they can learn what are the pitfalls. Do I really want to do this and discover and explore before they're an adult with two kids in tow and really hoping that they can make it work like I did. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome because I always say growing up in the 70s and 80s, I always say I wish that entrepreneurship had been celebrated and explained and that there were examples uh, like there are today because I think I always wanted to do this. I just didn't think I could. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. So that's great. So Eva, if somebody's listening to the show and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to know more about her. Or, oh my gosh, the Elevate Institute is exactly what I've been looking for because I need to get my health figured out. How do people find you? Really easily. I have the uh, free gift of a thyroid assessment on my website. And the website is theelevateinstitute.com. And the free gift can be found on the free gift page. So it's theelevateinstitute.com slash free gift. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom and your journey, your story uh, with the entrepreneurs in the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do family. Thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. No, this has been great. You've shared a lot of really good wisdom, and that's what this show is all about. Uh, as I said before, if this is your first time listening to the show and you like the show, let us know. Reach out to me and say, hey, Tom, I liked the show. Uh, jump over to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review Follow me on any of the social medias. You can find me through Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do or just through Tom Singer. And you can always go to the website, TomSinger.com, uh, and find out everything there. And if you want to join the group coaching program, the information is at PotentialMastermind.com. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Eva. I know you're thinking, how is that possible? But it is. We always find somebody. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.